0: You're listening to a podcast from 702 Polani Gwala on 702 It is uh, 15 minutes now before 6 Alright then, the uh, higher education imbezo, um That was called by the Minister of Higher Education, Dr. Blayton Zamande Has just wrapped up uh, from Campton Park And the Higher Education Minister, Dr. Blayton Zamande is on the line uh, Also I'm joined by Roresang Museli, President of the SRC at UCT But let me start with the Minister Minister Zamande, good to talk to you um, Professor, good afternoon and to your listeners. Thank you for inviting me. Much appreciated. Minister, how useful was this Bezo?
1: It was very, very useful. I, I find it very useful because we managed to bring together under one roof a whole variety of stakeholders who are both immediately within the system like students, vice chancellors and so on as well as those who are outside the, the higher education system but have got Great interest, like your faith communities, your traditional leaders, members of parliament, even the chapter nine institutions were there actually, because they are also very crucial partners in what we are trying to do. It was very, very useful because it was an opportunity to actually exchange views and make suggestions about the most immediate challenges facing at uh, the university system at the moment. Sure. But for me, Colani, the, the other thing is that they lay, this laid a very important foundation for ongoing participation by a variety of stakeholders in looking at higher education issues, not only when there are problems, even if there aren't problems, this lays a basis for a, a dialogue, something that I've been complaining about that it has been missing. And also, by the way, participating were new initiatives, like a, a national association of alumni and convocations as well as this new initiative
0: of forming a parents body sure but also tensions ran high at some point accusations and counter accusations uh, about issues that had been agreed to behind closed doors only to find that certain people didn't go to their constituents and expressed um, uh, their the agreements as per uh, initially agreed behind closed doors
1: I suppose well, that is inevitable, you know, that when, when, when stakes are high like this, you know, there will be agreements, disagreements and all those. You know, we must understand those within the context of the fact that here was a gathering that was actually trying to find solutions. So I'm not particularly too worried about that, you know, because as long as those things come out, they in themselves
0: should actually form a basis for moving forward. Sure. Uh, I was just talking to our reporter a short while ago, Barry Bateman, who was there, and, and he says that there has been a declaration. If you please can give us the key points from the declaration, Minister.
1: The key point of the declaration, Preparator, uh, is that first of all, uh, we all realize that there is a need for more funding for, 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 for higher education. Everybody agrees. We are on the same side. And also the declaration underlines the fact that we are on the same side, all of us, to actually say that the burden of paying for fees must not actually be disproportionately be on the shoulders of poor families in particular. And also there was strong con- condemnation, in fact, throughout the summit, all the inputs of the violence and the destruction that we are actually seeing, and that we must protect our investment system as the best in the African continent, with a hugely positive uh, international reputation uh, for parts of it. And then we also said security forces are necessary to defend life and limb, but also they must act with, with restraint in order to maintain a, a safe environment. And we all agreed that let's give these processes of finding long-term solution to student fees and student funding to be able to complete the processes in particular the presidential fees commission that it must be given a chance to be able to to conclude its work and that all those who have got something to say and ideas must actually go to the commission there was also appreciation of the of the interim interventions by by my department by government through my department you know about 2017 fee adjustments and how those they are going to be handled and who is actually going to be exempted from direct payment Hmm. of those fee
0: adjustments. What happens though, let's say tomorrow?
1: Well, there was a call for a return to class. We really hope that the students will take this to heart and all other stakeholders to actually ensure that we immediately return to class because it was also expressed that there is serious concern that Failure to complete the, uh, to complete the academic year is going to have disastrous consequences and, for and, students, uh-huh. for their families, and for the economy. For instance, uh, it was pointed out that if if medical students who are completing are unable to complete, it will deprive the public health sector of 1,600 doctors. That we can definitely not afford as a country.
0: So, so the declaration then is calling for uh, a return to uh, normality, but also is calling for a return that students must go back to class tomorrow. Did they agree, Minister?
1: Well, the, the, the declaration was adopted. They made some amendments. For instance, one amendment that, that they made is how do we manage students who, who are unable to access university because they are unable to pay exorbitant, registration fees you know we committed that we actually are going to be able to look into that but generally the declaration was adopted by the whole forum
0: all right minister amas thank you very much let me turn now to Rodesang museli uh, who is the president uh, of the src at uct Rodesang, good afternoon good afternoon thank you for your time so the minister says the declaration was adopted by everyone are universities are students going back to university tomorrow
2: Look, Polanyi, the declaration makes no mention of free education. um, And that is the primary demand of students across the country. Um, And this remains a topic of discussion and debate and central to uh, the ongoing protests that we're seeing in higher education institutions. Uh, We have demanded that we want to meet the president um, because it's quite clear to us that by the president coming this morning, giving us an address, um, and then leaving that right afterwards, um, the the actual declaration isn't going to materialize in any kind of binding commitment on government. Uh, and nor does it, you know, it signals to us that it uh, we aren't in a position of real business and real commitments that can be made.
0: All right. Let me just understand what you're saying here, Rory Sang, that because the declaration doesn't mention anything about free education, it is non. it is not committing you as students.
2: Well, it's not inclusive of our primary demand. And, you know, although the declaration mentions some important things, um, it still doesn't get to the heart of why students are shutting down institutions. So as, you know, as student leaders, we need to be honest and say, you know, we, are, we serve at the behest uh, of our constituencies. And we must honestly honest when we say, the current status of the ground, when we go and assess and engage with our students, they are clear. They want free education.
0: So, uh, or, you Sang, know, R- 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 sorry sorry to, if, if I'm interrupting, because I just want to know, you were there, you had the opportunity to amend, you had the opportunity to raise objections to the declaration. Did you um, object at all to the fact that here's a declaration that doesn't say a word about free education?
2: Um, we did, Polani. Um, and at the end of the day, this declaration... Um, was read out at the end of the sitting. Um, we were unaware that it was being drafted. And so really, our we had presented a resolution... Um, from students that was inclusive of, of the, the, the call for free education and it wasn't included in the final declaration. Um, you know, although the minister has, has rightly said that there was a general call for increased funding towards higher education, that can manifest in a, in a variety uh, of different ways. Um, so that remains a, a, a challenge that the declaration did not go far enough in addressing the actual student's demand um, and more importantly, the declaration isn't anything binding. Um, it's just a, a great sort of resolution by a multi-stakeholder forum. And we raised these issues right at the beginning of the engagement, you know, by saying, here we are gathered in the middle of a crisis. We're having, you know, an extended lachota, um And it's, it's really an extended Tea Party rather than getting to grips with the current crisis that's crippling our institutions. You know, there's now a resounding call for students to return to class. But, you know, we must be honest and say to ourselves, we're in the middle of a protest. Protests don't just stop because people are asked to you know, to stop their protests and go back to class. There is some give and take from both sides. Uh, and government still isn't coming to the party. Our institutions are not coming to the party. In fact, we're seeing increased police uh, you know, uh, brutality um, right now as we were... Uh, in this multi-stakeholder forum, many of our campuses are absolutely polluted with okay. for, uh, security forces and the
0: police. All right, L- Let me just the pick up on this issue of that. government not coming to the party. The minister was just talking about the acknowledgement uh, that was made by this imbizo of the intervention by his department, i.e. the announcement that um, uh, people whose families earn less than 600,000 won't have to pay, and you know, obviously that takes the number up to 70% of the undergraduates, etc. So if you say that government is not coming to the party. What exactly do you mean?
2: Well, I I think people are misunderstanding the commitment that the minister has made. So, when we are talking about what the minister has announced in terms of the fee increments, he's saying that people who are earning below 600,000 rand will get eight percent back um, for for the increase in fees. So what does that actually look like? And University of Cape Town student, for instance, our fees range about eight hundred I mean a hundred thousand rand a year, all right? So you getting an eight percent saving, that's eight thousand Rand. Um, that's not much. Um, you know, students still can't afford to be able to pay um, those exorbitant fees. And if if that's if eight thousand Rand out of a hundred thousand Rand is what It looks like for government to come to the party. Well, then I think that would be significantly um, inadequate.
0: Hmm. All right, Ruta I'm out of time, but I just do want to ask you this final question. What happens at UCT tomorrow? In fact, I saw a a story earlier on saying that students are pushing for a complete shutdown at UCT tomorrow. It's your institution. What happens then? Look,
2: Polanyi, we're in a situation where we have local issues. We're also dealing with national issues at UCT. Um, students are continuing to push to, for the resolution, both of the local and national issues. Um, and if the consensus on the ground says that it's a further shutdown, then it may uh, be another university day lost.
0: Okay, that's Roresang Museli. Listen, thank you for your time. He's president of the Student Representative Council at UCT. Um, The minister says the Indaba was quite helpful, but Roresang says, well, far from it, actually. Well, they won't even commit to it.